Hello, everybody. This is Mark Lewandowski. Welcome to Mind Your Business. Mind Your Business is all about building your personal capacity. Personal capacity is what is needed for you to grow in your career, make great decisions, and become a person of influence. So sit back and enjoy this content as I share with you insights and stories, examples, and personal challenges designed to do one thing, build your capacity to change your world. Today, we're going to pause and talk about a very hot issue in our society. We've got to talk about sexual harassment. Two things I want to make sure everyone knows as I begin to just free flow my thoughts is that one, not all men sexually harass women. And number two, not all sexual harassment is done by men. So those are concepts I want to make sure that we stay, we, we, we start out this conversation by not everybody's a bad guy, and not all ser- sexual harassment is men toward women. There's an enormous amount of sexual harassment the other way, and we'll talk on that just a little bit. But when we get to the end of this, what I really want you to have an understanding of is that in your business career, you're going to experience sexual harassment within your team. People that report to you will come and tell you about a story. Colleagues may be guilty of it. I mean, there's going to be a host. I don't know all the things that are going to happen, but I do know you're going to experience this. I am hopeful, as I'm sure you are, that the Me Too movement, which is very exciting, will help to decrease sexual harassment that has plagued business for years. When I'm talking about years, I'm not talking three to five years. I'm talking 50, 60, 70 years. Within certain sectors of the population, it's worse than other sectors of the population. So let me be direct. Sexual harassment in the workplace is absolutely real. And it is a real problem. The problem stems from cultural trends and beliefs that women are objects of sexual attention. Now, we all know that women are beautiful. That's how they're made. But TVs, magazines, movies, all sorts of things present and promote the most beautiful women as they do men. Some of the most popular magazines in the country are the ones that say the sexiest man alive and the the top 10 most beautiful women. Our culture promotes sexuality as a ranking device that helps people make it to the top. I'm absolutely thrilled that over the last several weeks, women have felt the freedom and have been motivated to come to the forefront and report wrongful behavior and hurts or harm that have come to them. But just as important as that... I am thrilled that other women are backing them up. There's a big challenge that occurs when a woman stands up for what's right and stands by herself. Not in a sexual harassment environment, but I have had, as a businessman, the opportunity to blow the whistle on a problem and felt like I stood all by myself. 
when a few people stood by me, it gave me such courage to do the right thing and keep moving against enormous odds. So to those women out there that are part of the Me Too movement and are standing up and saying, I also had that problem, that also happened to me, I'm adding validity to this first person's message, I say to you, great job. Keep it up. Thank you for taking the chances. So many women are standing up at their own peril. They're standing up to say, this was wrong, and I'm willing to be the object of negative attention. I'm willing to be called a liar. I'm willing to be called a whore or a slut. I'm even willing to have my family dragged through that mud, and for that, I'm really proud of them. For those men that are standing proud by women, I also say good for you. It's important that we, as men, who don't get sexually harassed anywhere near enough, and nor do we understand the full extent of sexual harassment, it is important that we stand by those women who have been wrongly treated. It is what we do. It is our job to stand by them. It is important not to pick sides, but to stand by rightful actions and righteousness. So in my past, I've had multiple situations that were just absolutely terrible that involved sexual harassment toward people. And so I want to share a few stories and I want to give you four lessons that each person, whether male or female, ought to think about and understand. Put it in the back of your memory bank and say, these are rules regarding sexual harassment that I need to live by. Probably the most disturbing incident of sexual harassment I've ever had is when a young lady came into my office and had a a very specific story about a gentleman who was older who was my mentor, a person I looked up to for years, a person who guided and directed me and treated me like a million dollars. And at first, she only had a story. And being a very young person, I didn't know exactly what to do about it. And I listened to her and she said, he's going to call me again tonight and I'm going to record it. And the next day she came in with a recording of unbelievable wrongdoing by a gentleman who had mentored me. So I had to sit back and think, what am I going to do? Do I uphold the fraternal bond of brotherhood between men and keep my mouth shut? Or do I protect those who cannot protect themselves? I had no choice. I had absolutely no choice. I had to protect a young lady who could not protect herself, who was being wrongfully treated by a gentleman who simply wanted to date her and love her and, quite frankly, have sex with her. To him, it was perceived to be innocent, but to her, it was an overwhelming harassment. So if you're in this situation, you must ask yourself, Do I need to protect a person who cannot protect themselves? And if the answer is yes, then I think you need to, you know what you need to do. Years went by and I was, I was working on the East coast in a very large city and a gentleman that was my colleague, he and I were both vice presidents of a large company in New York. He oversaw all of the salespeople and I oversaw all the business development. In other words, I looked for big 
prospects and big opportunities to advance our business. And he was the person that supervised all the salespeople. Well, several of the salespeople had been mine. I had brought them to this company in a mergers and acquisitions environment. And now he was responsible for the people that I had hired and mentored and cared for. When in the back of a limousine, he put his hand on one girl's knee and he stuck out his thumb and he said, wind up my thumb. And she looked at him like, said, go ahead, go ahead, wind up my thumb. And so she wound up his thumb and he said, now let go. And he flipped his hand like it was an old children's toy and moved his hands right between her legs and up her skirt. Well, the men in the car burst out laughing and my employee didn't think it was that funny. Now, she was not the kind that was going to have her feelings hurt and actually cry about it. She was more the, I'm angry and I'm thinking about jumping over there and kicking his butt. But instead, she called me because I was traveling on another event at that time. I was not in New York on that evening. And she told me about the situation. And she said, Mark, I'm not doing this for myself, but I'm doing this because he did the same thing to the other women in the back of the limousine. Yeah, there was a group there. Yeah, it was fun and games, but boy, it went beyond. It went well beyond what was acceptable, especially for a publicly traded company and senior executives. Now, here's the problem. I knew that if I go and report that guy, if I'm the whistleblower on behalf of those young ladies that were in the back of the limousine, I am going to cause disruption within a publicly traded company, and I'm going to irritate those people that are inconvenienced by having to fire this guy and replace this guy, plus there's a perception that I wanted his job. Now, to make the story more interesting, I called my boss and I said, hey, are you sitting down and you talk to you? In fact, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to fly to New York and I'll see you tomorrow at about noon. I got to talk to you about something. So I flew to New York, sat down with my friend who's my boss, president and CEO of the company, and I told him of the situation and I looked at him and I said, now listen, I do not want his job. And then later, I said again, I want to let you know, I do not want his job. And he said, methinks thou dost protest too much. And I said, don't quote Shakespeare to me. I don't want that job. But I was willing to create disruption within my organization to protect the people that can't protect themselves. So rule number one about sexual harassment, about whistleblowing, is if other people can't protect themselves, then you should feel obligated to do it. Number two, you have to be ready and know that you're going to cause disruption. And when you cause disruption, people may look down their nose at you because they're irritated. They had to fire somebody. Maybe maybe they fired a friend. Now they've got to replace that person. Now they've got to go get um, a headhunter, which costs $40,000 to replace a senior executive to a public traded company in New York. I mean, there are there are lots of elements to this that might have to be considered. But when you do the right thing, sometimes there's going to be a disruption and you're going to have to protect people. Now, sometimes people are wrongfully accused. Sometimes they're wrongfully accused simply by a misinterpretation of what somebody said. Sometimes they're wrongfully accused by a person that's just causing trouble. Maybe they're a troublemaker that is seeking some kind of benefit for themselves. I've been asked a couple of times, even within my office this very week, if I believe that some of these women are causing trouble for their own financial gain. And and that's not my nature is to normally think that somebody wants 
all that embarrassment and humiliation to come up with some money. Now, is it possible that people will do that? Absolutely. Is it possible that people will cause trouble just for money? Yes. And that, that may be the unintended consequence in the future of this very positive movement that we call the Me Too movement. It's possible that in the future, some people are going to come out of the woodwork and accuse people and wrongfully accuse them. I had a situation where someone I dearly loved and appreciated greatly was wrongfully accused. And as I became a higher and higher executive within the organization, a person that had really brought me along in one area of my life was up for a promotion. And when we pulled that person's file, there was a statement by a young lady that this person had inappropriately said something to them in an elevator. And it was clearly stated right there on the document what was stated. And it was so obvious that that could have been just as innocent as it was any type of guilt. And yet the person that had documented the file didn't have the courage to find out the truth between both parties. I found that piece of evidence stored in a file that could keep somebody from a promotion to be absolutely ridiculous and unfair. Since the person that was responsible in HR was unwilling or unable to talk to the two people about the scenario, the evidence had to be thrown out or the accusation had to be thrown out because there was no evidence. Sometimes as an individual hearing these, you must slow down and think objectively. So rule number one, protect those who cannot protect themselves. Rule number two, be ready and willing to cause disruption because you're going to. Rule number three, think objectively. Be sure that you are putting your biases aside and looking at the facts and thinking as objectively as possible. Do everything you can do not to be emotional about the situation. Remember what I say so many times, firm opinions loosely held. If you've got a firm opinion about somebody and then they're accused, you've got to loosely hold that opinion. You've got to now think objectively. My last story for this podcast is about a switch in the roles. That same organization I worked for in New York had a female pharmacist who was leading a division within the company. She was a very powerful individual within the organization. She had the ear of the president because she had solved some problems and really created value to him. And he was a good, good man, a very moral, a very righteous, a very honorable man. He and I got along beautifully because we thought about life in a very similar manner. The problem with this particular pharmacist is that she owned a bar out in the Hamptons. Now, the Hamptons is way out in Long Island. It's a place where very, very rich New Yorkers go to holiday. They go for the weekends. They go for Fourth of July. They spend the summer. And there was a bar out there that she was a part owner. And occasionally, very famous musicians like Billy Joel would just show up and go sit down at the piano and play. And that was part of the aura of her bar, is that famous people would show up and play. So she was always offering opportunities for those of us who are senior executives to go out to Long Island to her bar with her and take a chance that somebody famous might show up to play. I never went. 
I am a person that avoids those kinds of situations like the plague. In fact, if you ever come to my office, you'll realize that no office exists in our building that doesn't have a window. No window can be covered up. The walls between my office and my partner Paul's office are partial walls, and the walls don't go all the way to the ceiling. There's no chance that someone could accuse Paul or me of saying or doing something in private because there's hardly any privacy in our office. And these things are done without accident. They're done on purpose. They're done because I've had enough experience in my career with sexual harassment and people being wrongfully accused that I don't want to take any chances. But going back to this person in New York, this pharmacist, her performance started to wane and it got so bad that customers and vendors and people within the community were really upset about the fact that she had a leadership position. She was really causing us trouble, not because of who she was, but the quality of her work. But no one could seem to fire her. And I always wondered, is it possible that she can't be fired because she has been taking these senior executives, almost all men, out to her bar where inappropriate things are going on and she's manipulating them. And I'd come to find out over a course of several months that that was absolutely the case. And no one was willing to stand up to her, demand accountability because of the inappropriate actions that they had had out in the end of Long Island. One day, my boss came to me and said, you're now in charge of the division in which that pharmacist works. And I thought, oh boy, here it goes. So a few days later, I wanted to pop in and talk to her about her wrong behavior and her weaknesses within her performance. And I popped in her door and I said, are you ready for our meeting? She said, yes. And she batted her eyes and looked at me in that look that you know when it happens. She said, you want to go get a room? What she was doing was a dual message. She was really teasing me that we could go get a room at a hotel, et cetera, or we could go find a conference room. And I, I am so naive as a person that you got to be pretty blunt for me to pick up on these kind of cues. But I knew exactly what the situation was. I was now the target of her manipulation, which she uses her sexuality and her beauty to manipulate people to safeguard her job. What I did is I papered her file. I got ready. I got the attorneys involved. And before anything could happen between she and I, I made sure I was ready to act. You cannot, my friends, be afraid to act when there's wrongdoing being done. You know, so many people were afraid to stand up to her because that type of statement can really cause trouble within an organization. But if somebody's guilty of wrongdoing, you cannot be afraid to act. So let's refresh our thoughts. You got to protect those people who cannot protect themselves. You've got to know that your actions are going to cause disruption within an organization. And people might be mad at you, not just the person that you called to account, but people that are inconvenienced by the fact that you are a whistleblower. You've got to think objectively before you act quickly. Think objectively, be patient, be ready to move. But when it's time to move, don't be afraid. My friends, this is a really special movement. This is something that women who have been mistreated or men who have been mistreated 
have been waiting for for a long time. This is the first time I can remember in the history of my work in corporate America where people are really bonding together to throw out wrong behavior and demand accountability from leaders. I think this is an exciting time, but I think you've got to be careful because what's next is people will take advantage of the opportunity and there will be unintended consequences. So you've got to go in to work and go into these situations with your eyes wide open. I'll finish with this. Whether you're a male or a female, it doesn't matter. You've got to concern yourself and be sure with how you act. Make sure that you're dressing appropriately, you're acting appropriately, you're careful with the use of language, and you're controlling your eyes. Make sure that your eyes don't move inappropriately in a conversation. One of the things that just irritates the heck out of women especially, is when they're having a conversation with a man and the man can't keep his eyes on the woman's eyes. Be sure to control yourself. If you need help, get help. Practice this. Purposefully think about how do we act and behave in an honorable manner toward all people. Okay, let's have a little bonus conversation. Just a little dialogue. What could be those unintended consequences of the Me Too movement? Well, number one, I think it may be more difficult for a young and very attractive young lady to get hired in some locations. You don't think about it. If you're hiring somebody and you're afraid of what might happen or you might be accused because so many people are possibly wrongfully accusing others, what's that going to look like? So does that change the way a woman dresses going into the workplace? I think one of the unintended consequences might be that you might have to dress down and be much more conservative in your tire in order to get a job. Maybe in order to get a job, you've got to do a little less with your hair and your makeup. And so what happens is the unintended consequences of people being afraid of suits is really decreasing a person's ability to dress freely or express themselves in the way they attire themselves. Next, what are we going to do about offices? Are you going to have companies like mine in which there are fewer walls and fewer doors and windows that are placed inside a wall where people don't have privacy? Will there be less privacy? Will there be times where no one will meet with a person of the opposite gender without a third party in the room? Is there a possibility that more meetings will be recorded and that you'll have to look across the table from an employee and say, I'm recording this? Or they take out their cell phone and push the record button right in front of somebody else. What are those consequences? Think about that. And I'll probably address more of those as we see them occur. But right now, this is such a hot new topic. You just can't anticipate everything. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Mind Your Business. Please check me out on Facebook and Instagram and be sure to send me a message if there's something you need or want me to talk about. You know, the great motivational speaker Zig Ziglar once said, you can have anything in life you want as long as you help enough other people get what they want. What does that mean for you today? That means if there's something in this content that is exciting and really resonates with you, pass it along to your friends. Share it. Let them develop and become strong in their thinking 
in their motivation, in their knowledge, just like you are. Together, knowledgeable you and your friends will change the world.